What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the DFS Dose, your fix of DFS information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, and as always, I'm joined by the two Jays, Joey and Jared. And gentlemen, we are coming off of a wildly low-scoring week. Several of the chalkiest players on the slate ended up busting, which resulted in a cash line sitting around 126-127 on DraftKings. Um, that is the lowest in recent memory, at least that I can remember uh, this year for sure. According to the Roto Grinders results database, there was only one lineup that topped 200 points in the massive tournament field of the Millie Maker. Um, again, something that I can't remember happening in you know all of the years I've been playing DK. So um, we have plenty of things to talk about this week, and let's get right into it. How was your week 15 of NFL DFS? Uh, DFS lit. Yeah. Season long, not lit. But DFS. <laughs> what happened to you in season long? Yeah. Alright. <laughs> no, I, I no, I, I am playing Jared in our in the most competitive uh fantasy league in America, All Star. But our game is yet yet to conclude, so I won't I won't brag as if I've won. I just need uh. There's still hope. Yeah, I just eat 50 from Cam Newton. <laughs> and this is this it is 50 regular happen. points. No boosted uh, five points for a 40-yard touchdown. This is standard Yahoo, good old, mm-hmm. you know, backyard football. No yeah. rushing bonus, no 300-yard bonus, none of that. But, well, we did we, – we saw Cam Newton have a game where four touchdowns happened on the Panthers that had nothing to do with him when he was chalk a couple weeks ago. Now, I think that we could see him have four rushing touchdowns this game, in which case I would be in major Yeah, trouble. yeah, yeah. But, you know, shout-out to Aaron Jones and Tyler Boyd. And how about uh, how about in terms of DFS? Smashed. I scored 156. Faded Zeke, like I said I was going to do. 156 in cash? That's really good this week. Yeah, it was lit. Robert Foster, my son. That was my low price loan <laughs> guy. Yeah. That was a really sharp play, especially considering the people around him that people played in cash. For example, Sterling Shepard was super popular. Taylor Gabriel was a name that a lot of people played in cash in that same price range. Um, Foster ended up being the best of the group. I went from Ebron and Jordy Nelson. Ebron, Jordy Nelson, and Devontae Adams to Juju, Robert Foster, and Gronk. I think overall they all scored the same, but like the the three scored, they probably scored about the same. Yeah, just about. Um, but yeah, that that makes sense. The Robert Robert Foster, uh, I don't know. I liked him. I paired him with Josh Allen because I played Josh Allen at quarterback, and uh, worked out with Joe Mixon, Dalvin. Yeah, no, that's definitely a solid core. Props to you for sticking with Josh Allen. I really wanted to, but once again. Uh, I went four straight weeks liking him and then not playing him in cash. I went Lamar Jackson. Very comparable. He would have scored slightly over Josh Allen if they hadn't had like three kneel downs that took his 100-yard bonus away, but he ended up scoring just under Josh Allen. But for the most part, the quarterbacks were all in the same group of scoring this week, so that probably didn't swing anyone's day. It was really the running backs and wide receivers that you picked. For example, in cash, I went with uh, Michael Gallup. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. <laughs> no, that was a stone terrible cash play. Um, I mean, I knew it before lock. I knew it as I saw the lock hit, and I knew it as he had zero points throughout the game, but I still went there. 
In fact, I actually had three of my roster spots in Gallup, Ebron, and the Cardinals D combined for under three points in cash. Just stunning. Just a stunning trash line, especially after the 1 p.m. games. Managed to salvage it with Chris Carson as a low-owned cash play. But, um, yeah, a successful week in cash. Personally, finally got you know cashed after, like, four disappointing weeks, so that feels good, but... You know, let's get into these players like we always do. You know, towards the end of the show, we'll get into the players that you needed to have to finish highly in GPPs. But I think it's fitting if we start with the players that disappointed because so much of the the chalk and the highly owned players were disappointing this week. None more so than Saquon Barkley, who was about 21% owned in tournaments, a little bit higher in cash. He was the highest owned player on the slate. And he had a season low 9.6 points. Yeah, I was a huge fan of him when the slate opened. But then this morning, I got off of him when I saw that weather down there. That was a lot of rain, a lot of, not a fan. Stayed away from everybody in that game. Derrick Henry went off, but I don't know. This, he's a superhuman now. I don't know what the hell happened to him. Yeah, that's tough for Barkley. 10 targets, only 4 catches, and 31 rushing yards. Yikes. Yeah, definitely his his season low. He ran bad. the The entire jo- Giants offense was bad. Uh, what are your thoughts, Joe? Um, the Giants are just an abysmal team, and it showed today. Um, Eli Manning is absolute garbage, and they need to get rid of him asap. Even though they did say that he's played his way into a roster spot for next yeah, year. Yeah, I don't know about that. But, <laughs> I don't know why they just keep giving this man a chance. Uh, but yeah, the Giants are just so bad, so it just hurts everybody um on the team, honestly, even though Saquon has been having a great year, um this this just shows how how a bad team can uh negatively affect him in a in probably a favorable uh game environment. You know it's raining, run the ball a lot, um, short passes which he excels in, uh, just didn't work out for him today. And I blame that on um, just the Giants being a bad team. Yep, uh, definitely. I mean, you, whenever you get 10 targets and only four catches, you know, you're you're running bad compared to what your usage should be, especially when you're a player as explosive as Saquon Barkley. Another running back, high-owned, high-priced, was Zeke Elliott, who also disappointed um Less so than Barkley, he had 18.8 points, so that's definitely still viable. Um, it's it's a low game for Zeke. It won't kill you, especially at his ownership in cash games. But, I mean, you're, you're just expecting more when you're paying 9K for a guy. He fell short of the 100-yard bonus. He didn't get a touchdown. His receiving usage, which has spiked up in recent, uh, you know, recent weeks, was still there. He had seven catches for 41 yards. But just the no touchdowns, no 100-yard bonus, uh, didn't, Zeke didn't really get there this week. No, nah, definitely not. Um, I personally faded him because I didn't like the matchup. And there was also three other running backs I liked more. Um, I don't know. With the roster I would have made with, with Zeke, I would have probably scored 100 points. So, I, I don't know. It was, too, it was just too priced yeah. up for me. And it was just a bad overall game for the Cowboys. They got smoked completely. So, Zeke... Zeke kind of disappointed this week at 9,000. I mean, I played him. He he had touches. He had his touches. He had, uh, what, 25, 26 touches, but just no touchdowns. First time the Cowboys have been shut out in 15 years um, since 2003. Uh, 
just just overall just he just ran bad and the Colts played extremely well. They they stopped him on multiple short yardage opportunities. Um they stopped him in the red zone. It's just that simple. He just ran bad, honestly. Yeah, and he he wasn't the only player in that game, the only popular player even that that ran pretty bad. Um Amari Cooper on the same team and TY Hilton in the same game both ran pretty bad. They were both pretty highly owned as well. Amari Cooper Went four for 32, about seven points on DraftKings. T.Y. Hilton had 13 points, five for 85. So disappointing for the two of them. Um, I faded both of them. T.Y. Hilton because of his lack of practice and just, you know, the the Dallas corners have played really well. I was worried about that fade because T.Y. has the possibility to snap at any time, and I felt like he was underpriced being sub 7K with that kind of upside. But Amari Cooper was an easy fade at that ownership. He's just the epitome of a player you don't want to play at high ownership and you want to play when he's low owned. I mean, just all over the board this week, there were wide receivers disappointing left and right. Uh, The two highest owned wide receivers on the slate were Juju Smith-Schuster and Sterling Shepard, and neither of them really did well. Juju had eight points. Um, Joey, maybe you could talk a little bit about that and what the Patriots did to slow him down on a day that they didn't do too well on defense. Well, the Patriots actually played pretty well on defense. It's offense that didn't show up, but um, nah, they just they just mixed up coverages a lot. Um, he saw he saw a couple double teams, and Jalen Samuels was just eating the Patriots defense alive. So they they didn't really need the receivers today, to be completely honest. Yeah, uh, A.B. did slightly better, but basically just because he got the touchdown, uh, he also only had four catches for 49 yards. So neither of the Steelers' wide receivers did well. It did seem watching that game that they completely sold out to stop the two receivers and basically let uh, Vance McDonald and Jalen Samuels beat the Steelers' offense. So um, Tough. That's what happened in that game. Tough. Going back to Sterling Shepard, he was the highest-owned wide receiver in cash, second-highest-owned wide receiver in GPPs, and that is something I really didn't see coming. I kind of thought he was going to be sneakier, especially after disappointing as Chalk last week. I mean, I know the Titans are, you know, arguably a pretty good matchup for wide receivers, but it just seemed really, really thin to me, and it ended up being so. He only had 5.7 points at uh. What was it? Four point something? Four point four? Was he? Four point four again, yeah. So four point four K, um, only five point seven points. Very disappointing, but um honestly he wasn't even on my radar as a play this week. No, I I, I didn't see it. Yeah, I mean I could see why people would play him, you know, Odell was out, so that means he's the number one massive target share. Um or like I said. The Giants suck, and it affects every talented player on the team. Eli Manning is absolute garbage. So that means fade uh, Giants besides Barkley. Another disappointing wide receiver this week at high ownership was Tyler Boyd, although, you know, to no fault of his own, he actually ended up getting hurt in the game. He was on pace for a pretty decent game. He had four catches for 38 yards and a touchdown, um, but had to exit the game early. Um unfortunate if you had rostered Boyd started Boyd in season long <laughs> anything like that you know when it when injuries occur it's never you know that's just it's just not something you like to see in DFS like you want to win because you made a good play not because something out of your control happens you know yeah 
Yeah, it's usually nice when that happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the salt in Jared's voice is because he started him against me in in season long, along with Aaron Jones. I had Aaron. Let me let me let me tell you something. Aaron Jones, Tyler Boyd, and Cream Hunt in both of my leagues. And Aaron Jones and Tyler Boyd, I started both of them in both of the semifinals of both the leagues. So shout out to God. Shout out to God. Amen. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk about these these tight end busts because the two highly popular tight ends on the slate were Eric Ebron and Gronk. Jared and I were debating this morning which of them was the good play. Um, it ended up being neither. <laughs> so, you know, th- that's nice. But, um, but Ebron had his worst game of the season, only one catch for – eight yards, 1.8 points on DK, largely due to the fact that they put Byron Jones on him and also that the Colts didn't have to to pass really at all this entire game as they shut the Cowboys out. So that was a factor. And for Gronk, you know, I know, Jared, you liked him, and the matchup was very good. Um, but for me, it's just when he's going to be that highly owned and he really has only done it once this entire season and you know he's going to be high owned because everyone saw it last week, I, I thought that was a pretty solid fade. Yeah, I still liked it. Highest point total, um, solid price. Mm-hmm. It was a pair for tight end week anyways. I liked, I liked him over Ebron. I don't think anybody on the Steelers is a shutdown defender like Byron Jones is for the Cowboys. So. Yeah. Hundred dollar discount, highest point total. I liked. I don't know. I liked it too much to to fade it. That's why I picked Juju over Devonte Adams because you know I had Devonte Adams in there this morning. But um, yeah. high point total, good matchup. I didn't feel like they would stick Gilmore on him. Joey, who was on him? Who's number twenty seven? J C Jackson. He was on him a good amount, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know how that boy couldn't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's got sticks, I guess. Good process, bad results. Agreed. Yeah, I think for the most part, targeting the, you know, the game environments that are likely to shoot out is always going to be the right decision. Um, although I kind of also felt that way about the Colts game. It just ended up neither of them really shot out. Yeah, any of the top four tight end options were solid. I wouldn't blame you for any of them. Kittle, Gronk, Ebron, and um. Cook. And Kittle was the highest scoring with 8.1 points on DK. So that just tells you what kind of week it was for tight end. You know, enough of this depressing, terrible, terrible players. Let's get to some more exciting stuff and the players that, you know, you needed to have to finish highly in GPPs. You know, the tournament winners, if you will. And I, I never thought that this would be a player that I'm talking about two weeks in a row. But Derrick Henry has completely basically come to swing the fantasy playoffs he's come to swing the end of the year for dfs i mean he was only 15 percent owned this week i actually thought he would be higher owned after that monster 50 point game on prime time but you know i I think his ownership was reflective of everybody being pretty skeptical because he hasn't been this player ever in his career but um you know as joey noted prior to us recording i believe you know some of henry's touchdowns i think one of his touchdowns especially came after they called back a mariota touchdown is that correct yeah well they didn't call it back mariota did a qb sneak and he clear-cut score they just marked him at the one inch line and then derrick henry plunged in the play right after his bitch ass (laughs) (laughs) i mean they they love 
they love what Henry is giving them in this in this attempt for the Titans to make the playoffs. Um, it seems like they're just going to ride him into the playoffs or into defeat because either way, he's getting all the touches. He had 33 carries this week, same amount of points on DK, 33 carries for 33 points, 170 yards, two touchdowns, just a monster performance by Henry. Although if I were a betting man, I would bet against him sustaining this long term. I just, I don't, I don't see how it could potentially like, I don't know. He's, he hasn't proven that he's this player in my mm-hmm. opinion off of two games. Definitely not. What about Marlon Mack, who this week, to me, he seems like the most overlooked player on the slate. Yes, Dallas has a tough defense, a tough run defense, but for Marlon Mack to be 2.5% owned in a game that was the second highest targeted game behind the Steelers-Patriots game, everybody was on this game. The Colts were home favorites, and nobody played the running back on the home favorite team. So that, to me, it just seems like massive oversight, but... I don't know. I I wasn't on him at all. And Marlon Mack snapped 27 carries, 139 yards, and two touchdowns, 29.9 points. It's not oversight when the Cowboys have the best run defense over the last month. So, obviously, we're not going to look there. Yeah, but defense doesn't matter. Yeah, you're We're right. Forgetting and that key factor. I did see a stat on Twitter before the game started where some Kelly. Who, the Colts? Yeah, the center. Pretty sure it's yeah, Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly. When he was out, the Colts only averaged like three three yards per carry. When he's in, they average almost five yards per carry. And he uh, just came back today, so I was like, "Dang, I might have to play Marlon Mack." Well, I didn't do didn't do that. I put too much faith in the Cowboys' run defense, and they let me down. Chances are, you needed Mack uh, to win a tournament, but I mean, maybe not because a lot of the running backs ended up in that same you know twenty nine to like. 32 three you know point range so as long as you got a couple of those guys in there you would have done well and for me the guy that I was on the only of these players that I was on was Chris Carson I mean Carson did awesome today as well he was 12 percent owned so uh, more than Mac less than Henry but he had 119 yards rushing he had an incredible fourth down rushing touchdown where he literally he would not be denied no matter what. Like they had him dead to rights and he just pushed through it and and got that touchdown which was awesome. He also had a season high six receptions. Um that might even be a career high, I'm not sure, but I think that's probably a career high in receptions for Chris Carson. 29.1 points. I played him in cash, which I thought was pretty thin. I even thought that beforehand, but it just made everything else work, so I rolled with it and it paid off. What did you guys think about Carson this week? He balled out. That touchdown was crazy. I saw yeah. it after. I, I saw so it on like the highlights after the game because I was just watching a Patriots game. But that was tough. That was tough running. I didn't fully agree with you starting him in cash until I really looked into it. Then I then I didn't blame you. But like I don't know. I just went with the chalk. And just for me, like on a larger slate note. The reason I played Carson and the reason I played Dalvin Cook over Joe Mixon is I just I just sort of took a stand in cash this week that I'm not going to play these players on dead teams. Like, yeah, I mean, on a certain level, like they're obviously still going to be, you know, going hard and trying to be successful as Joe Mixon showed on a dead team, as I'm sure some other, you know, people on dead rosters showed. But I just I just wanted to lean with these players that had that extra motivation. I think that motivation literally showed in that Chris Carson run. Like that was the epitome of why I played players who were on these teams that were making playoff pushes. And they still lost. They did still lose to San Francisco, which is crazy in my opinion. But um, 
I don't know. You know, they did play two times within two weeks. Seattle division on the road for the second time. It, crazier things have happened in the NFL, but but yeah, that's uh that's a good point. They did still lose. Um, you didn't have to get crazy at running back though to win tournaments because even if you went chalk, chances are you did pretty well. Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon both snapped. Um, you know. Jared, you you played Joe Mixon. I called it Joe Mixon week on our preview pod and then ended up fading him as his ownership projection continued to grow throughout the week. I didn't like didn't like playing Joe Mixon as the highest owned player on the slate. Um I think I've listened to Joey slay him and his talent too many times. It, j- it just got to my decision making. I probably should have just stuck there because the price was too good, but um, I mean, Joe Mixon completely balled out, 27 rushes for 129 yards, two touchdowns, two catches, 30 points no, on DraftKings. I decided he was a good play. Price was 6,100. How do you not play that? Yeah. I mean, I could I could see I could see why you played Carson over him, but he was 6,100 against Oakland. Yeah. Oakland sucks. He, he was without a doubt a better play than than Carson on the surface, especially with his potential receiving work. It's I I think that you know if you played this week again ten times, like this was the only scenario that Chris Carson caught more balls than Joe Mixon. Like that never happened. Yeah, again. and um, the Bengals. I mean, obviously the season's over, but they I think they're finally starting to figure out they need to run that offense through Joe Mixon. Just like the Vikings figured out they need to run that offense through Delvin Cook. It all, it all worked out. I think they're finally finally figuring some things out up in Cincinnati and up in Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Joey, Joe Mixon's third 100-yard rushing game this season. He is making a push for your respect. Um, you know, he has a chance, I think, to close out with a couple more 100-yard rushing games. Although I won't check back with you on this until he hits that threshold that we discussed on our last podcast. So we can talk about Dalvin Cook here. Like you said, Jared, they were um, decided to run the offense through him with their offensive coordinating switch, and it paid off. He had 19 carries for 136 and two touchdowns, a 27-yard reception as well. His receiving work went down significantly. He was getting a ton of targets the last two weeks and only ended with the one catch this week. But... Um, I mean, he, he more than made up for it on the ground, getting the 100-yard bonus, the two touchdowns, 32.3 points on DraftKings. Uh, Cook snapped. He was such an easy play also. Him and Mixon in that price range, It was that's why I got off Zeke because they were down there in great matchups. I liked them more than, more than Zeke, got the $2,500 discount. Then I could have paid up for Juju, yeah. who was in another great matchup. Dalvin Cook balled out. He looked really good. There was one run on that second touchdown he had. He had a nasty cut to bounce outside. Yeah, that shit. That shit was nice. Yeah, he's getting he's getting healthy, fully healthy. Um, they're still gonna put Latavius in there here and there, obviously. Yeah, he'll vulture the occasional touchdown. He vultured one today, but I mean, even with that, Cook still managed to go nuts. He's he's gonna ball out the rest of the season. He might carry them into the playoffs. Yeah, Delvin Cook is is really good. It was a pretty easy play at 6,500. Pretty easy to to fit him in there. Another running back, he was chalky in cash, a little less so in tournaments. Tournaments had him at about 19.2%, but Jalen Samuels was, uh, you know, it it became apparent late in the week. There was some talk that James Conner, who got a practice in on Friday, was going to come back, but we found out on Saturday night via a Schefter report that Connor was likely out, and that is exactly what happened. So um, Jalen Samuels 
had his first 100-yard rushing game of the season. He didn't get it done the way people probably assumed. I was more looking for the receiving floor that I thought he showed last week. I mean, he only had two catches for 30 yards this week, but the 142 rushing yards, you know, it was unexpected, but it was definitely nice if you rostered him. And I thought at his price in this matchup at home, he was a must play. And he scored 22.2 points on DK for 5.2. Yeah, I didn't like it early in the early in the week, but I got on it as I saw that point total. 5,200 and a flex cash, especially for his receiving floor, like you said. Um, what did you see out of Samuels, Joey? Did How did he look? I mean, obviously he had that 100-yard rushing game. Do you think that was based on the scheme the Patriots were playing, trying to cover the wide receiving options, or is he a legit, uh, you know, backup uh, in terms of for the Steelers? Um, you know, he played pretty well. The Steelers' offensive line played pretty well. It's easy to do that when you're facing guys like Lawrence Guy, Adrian Claiborne, Malcolm Brown, and some other scrubs, but... Um, you know, the Steelers have a good running back system that shows with Lev, James Conner, Jalen Samuels. And I think if you put a decently talented player back there that can run and that has some receiving ability, they'll excel in the Steelers system. Yeah, uh, this can't be doing wonders for Le'Veon Bell's, uh, you know, market because we've now seen two, two different running backs this year be successful in this system. I mean, I still think Le'Veon will have a pretty big market, but it is interesting that you brought up the system and that they that they both have excelled. Uh, you know, Jalen Samuels especially, who is not even really a traditional runner. Yeah, he's he's more of like a gadget player, but he could still he could still be effective running the ball as showed today. You know, somebody else who is very effective running the ball, very, very effective running the ball is the bus. Gus the bus showed up in a big spot. Um, you know, I didn't play him in in DK, but you know, I just I got love for the guy. Anytime he can he can do it, you know. Uh, just shout out to the bus, man. He he's he's a great NFL player, a great a great man, I would say. But you know, he had nineteen carries today for one oh four and a touchdown, nineteen point four points, and he now is tied for career hundred yard rushing games with Joe Mixon. He's he's a stud. What else can I say? Yeah, he's a. Uh... Let's talk some of the receivers because there was not a wide receiver this week like last week where Juju Smith Schuster, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Amari Cooper all put up tournament winning weeks. If you look at the top of the GPPs this week, there was a whole mix of people who could have been your wide receivers. Some of them were even busts. I saw a lot of GPP winning lineups, or you know, at least in the top ten that had only two decent wide receivers, and and somebody like Sterling Shepard, or just somebody who completely busted in there as well. Um, with the low scoring week, you didn't need every spot in your lineup to go off this week. But if you had some combination of the guys like uh, you know Adams, Devonte Adams, Robert Foster, Kenny Galladay, if you had these guys, maybe two of these guys, you were in really good shape at your wide receiver spot. So. Let's talk about the guys in the Lions-Bills game. Kenny Galladay, um, seven catches, 146 yards, no touchdowns, 24.6 points on DraftKings. He was about 5% owned in tournaments. He balled out today. Uh, I forgot who it was, but I know someone mentioned him early in the week on Twitter. Um, I just didn't like it. I like Tredavious White. I respect him too much to like attack him. Obviously, it wasn't that was no way a cash play, but GPP I still stayed away from it. I went, I paid down and went late for Gerald over Galladay. 
which, I mean, mm-hmm. Larry scored like 15, I think, but it's not 24. He made a lot of great catches today. He balled out. Too bad they couldn't get a W. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't even know. I mean, I would rather them lose at this point, get a better draft pick, but, I mean, in terms of Galladay, like, I don't know. He, You know who he reminds me of? Not, not, in, not in terms of play style or the way they play, but just – he reminds me of like Amari Cooper in like DFS meta, like where basically if he's chalky or if he's if he's in a good matchup where you know he's like seems like a sneaky play, just fade him. But if he's in a spot where he shouldn't do well, that's when you play him. He's just he's just one of those guys where it's going to be really unpredictable. I thought he was a terrible play this week with Tre'Davious White, like you said, and just Stafford was injured. He's been questionable for two weeks straight. I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was an honestly terrible play, but it worked out if you went there. I was more interested in Robert Foster. I just didn't have the nuts to do it, but you did, Jared. Um, Robert Foster has had his fourth productive week in the last five games he's really coming on at the end of the year and I think the Bills found themselves a deep threat in him four for 108 and one 23.8 points on DraftKings at a 4.3k salary yeah he uh he balled out I was getting a little nervous because at first like I was looking at Isaiah McKenzie for um GPPs and I faded it I don't know what he ended with but I know he had like five catches and 60 yards early so I was getting a little, I was getting a little nervous, and then Robert Foster caught that bomb. Uh, yeah. So that was lit. Saved the day. Um, I don't know. I liked the, I liked the pairing with uh, Foster and Josh Allen because other than Slay, no one on that defense is good. Especially with Ziggy. I mean, I know Ziggy's only on the defensive line, but with him injured, and then that secondary sucks. Yeah, it, it's it's truly bad. It's bad, and it's even worse against defending um, speedy guys like Foster. So, I mean, that's why I pretty much liked it. Like, if you're going to look for a wide receiver that can beat Slay, it's going to be one of those fast guys. And if you're looking at someone to beat the Lions corner two, whoever that may be on a given week, right now they're playing undrafted free agent Ford. And no, that is not like a descendant of the Ford family that owns the Lions. It's just a coincidence. But their other number two corner they played a lot this week is Tease Tabor, who infamously has just a terrible 40 time. He's so slow. Um, so the Lions really have no defense whatsoever when it comes to speed. So thought Foster was a great play there. Props to you for going there and catch. Yeah. You know, at the high end of wide receiver, I went Devontae Adams in cash. Um, again, there were other plays, but I I just was leaning for these teams this week who were making a playoff push. The Packers have been eliminated after their loss today, but um, you know going into the game, Adams was, you know, I mean, is and obviously was at a, you know Rogers' number one target. I thought they were going to put the game in Rogers' hands to go to Adams. Luckily, he got that hundred yard bonus right at the end there. He had a two point conversion, thirteen targets. You know, Adams Adams was good. He he had just under twenty five points on DK and he was under ten percent owned. He was a good tournament play. I thought he would be more highly owned. I went there in cash, I know some other people did as well. I was on him until like whenever I texted you guys like twelve forty five. I had him yeah. I had him in my lineup and I switched him to Juju because I had that extra hundred because I went from Ebron to Gronk. Devontae Adams is a stud, dude. He's He's elite. He's nice. He is he elite. Is. He's really nice. I wouldn't say he's like top five yet, but he's elite. Just yeah. outside. Just outside the top five. He's elite. 
And in production, he's right there because, I mean, this dude does nothing but score touchdowns. And today he got there without the touchdown. He did have the two-point conversion. But, I mean, just looking at that last drive where Rodgers was trying to come back, the Hail Mary was off of mm -hmm. Devontae Adams' hands. Later in the game, he had a, a target in the end zone that he just couldn't quite get there. Adams couldn't quite get there. But, um, I mean, you've just seen it. As, these, as the Packers have been trying to make this playoff push at the end of the year, he's had – three straight weeks of over 10 targets. So it's like Adams is the clear primary option. Like you said, I, I think he's just outside the top five wide receivers in the NFL. And Yeah, how about them Packers, though? Bad year, y'all. Hmm? Nah, Jared said that the Packers were going to win the game and they were going to hold the Bears under 13 points. What did they score? Like 20? Yeah. 24 to 17, I think. Oh, wow. I mean, you, can, you can't be calling out my guy Jared on his call when your call was that Mitch Trubisky would win people tournaments. Yeah, what the hell would happen to that? My guy had that 19 points. Yeah. They, did, they were in control the whole game. <laughs> they didn't really have to throw. Bro, it was... No, that's I fair. Mean, that's fair. It was tied. It was tied up 14-14. We're just letting my let my man Jordan Howard eat today for some yeah. reason. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. We'll let the Bears have it this year, and then when the Packers get that nice overhaul in the off season, get rid of Randall Cobb's bum ass, bro. I can't wait till he is gone. Yo, that fat contract. Oh my god, dude, such a bad. Oh my god. Yeah, and you know that didn't really work out. Jimmy Graham didn't work out, but you know we we could talk about uh. The Packers and their offseason moves more in the offseason. Um, another wide receiver that did very well at the high end, well, maybe not really well, but well, was Julio Jones. And I'm bringing up because I saw him all over the top of the leaderboards this week. He was really low-owned, put up a 20-point game. And that's really all you needed in DraftKings this week from your wide receivers was 20 points and low ownership. And that, that worked out for Julio. He continued his streak of scoring a touchdown. He went 6 for 82 and a touch. Um you know, just shy of that 100-yard bonus, which definitely would have given him a bigger bigger point total. But, um, I mean, Julio, he's doing it this year. He's he's doubled his uh, touchdown total from last year, and we've still got two weeks in the regular season to go. Yeah, so if you guys listened to the pod like two, three weeks, what was it, maybe four weeks ago, who did I make a bet with that he would go over five and a half touchdowns? Was it five and a half or was it, was it six? Five, and a half? It was definitely five and a half. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So you can send that Rip. twenty over to that PayPal anytime, bud. Yeah. All right. I got you. I got you. You can withdraw it from the winnings of uh, the All Star yeah. Fantasy League. <laughs> um. Yeah, but Julio, I mean, he's doing it this year. Maybe uh, Steve Sarkeesian managed to dig his head out from his ass and figured out that Julio Jones is a viable, uh, you know, touchdown scorer. Did you Shocking. see his touchdown today? It was pretty good. I, I actually didn't. I, I was out of the room when that one occurred. It was, it was a nice, what happened? It was a nice diving touchdown that he caught. He got right behind the corner. Good. I mean, he should. He deserves some touchdowns. It's His, his touchdown variance throughout his career has been just crazy. But, um... You know, in terms of these these tournament winning plays, that's really it. Like like I said, it was a low scoring week. Nobody really really swung the slate for you. Uh, you could have had any combination of these wide receivers as long as you managed to play three of the running backs that had over thirty points or at least twenty nine points. Like if you had Carson or Mac, like if you had three of those guys and some decent wide receivers, you probably cashed pretty highly. I mean, in terms of tight end, I think the highest scorer was Evan Ingram. 4.1k the titans are an elite tight end defense so or they're an elite defense in in terms of stopping tight ends i should say so 
I didn't love Ingram. I kind of thought he was a good leverage play if you were going to chase the targets that Odell was leaving in that Giants offense. But with the rain, I just I didn't see it. But he managed to get 12 targets in that game, went 8 for 75, and 15.5 DraftKings points. And, I mean, when that's the highest scoring point total at tight end, you know what kind of week it is. Yeah, that was crazy. Crazy. I never, I never would have thought that, honestly, in that game. I was trying to fade everybody in that game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, that's how much? How much was he like? Forty one hundred. Yeah, forty one. Um, just over hundred more than Cam Brate, who I know a lot of people played because of the the Ravens being shaky against tight ends. I don't know. I wasn't really interested in either of them. I kind of was either gonna go Ebron or you know maybe Gronk, maybe a little Ferk, sir. Thank God I didn't yeah, go thank there. Thank God you didn't go there. Oh. <laughs> Off. There's always there's always next week to get that that call right and uh, we'll be back next week as we always are. We'll be back on Thursday with a full preview of the week 16 slate on DraftKings. Um, you know you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube at the DFS Dose. Same handle across all platforms you can follow my personal twitter at ben hover b-e-n-h-a-u-v-e-r guys tell them where they can find you you can find me on twitter at joey carry and underscore you can find me at jared underscore underscore marcus all right guys good luck i hope you progressed to the finals in your season-long league i hope you made a ton of money on DraftKings, fan duel the yahoo tournament that everyone played this week we'll see you on thursday yep